What's up, man? It's your boy, the one and only Foster Lee, aka King Zulu Lee, aka Lee Three, aka Foster Lee Brown the Third. You heard? <laughs> Welcome back to Focus Energy, man. Appreciate y'all for tapping in with me. Uh, if it's your first time chiming in and tapping in with Focus Energy, this podcast is where we help you yourself focus your energy and achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve in the financial and in the spiritual understanding of like mindset, right? Because everything starts in the mind. Everything that you have in your actual tangible reality all started in your mind. And if you don't understand that, then you need to listen to a couple more of my episodes and go way back and tap in, okay? All right. Without any further ado, let's get to the topic at hand. And what's the topic at hand for today? Leverage. Mm, Let me say that again. Leverage. All right. The reason I chose leverage as the topic of this podcast is because everything that I've ever learned about financial literacy, everything that I've ever attained in my life pertaining to finances, all started with one simple tool. And that was leverage. Credit leverage, to be exact. Okay. Now, let me explain what I mean when I say credit leverage. All right. Now, I'm going to just take you all back about three years when I first um, realized, because my wife told me, um, boy, you need to get your credit right. Because <laughs> back in the day, I was one of those cash only guys, right? I was thinking that cash is king and that, you know, I don't want nobody knowing my transaction history and yada, yada, yada. All the excuses that most people make who are who try to steer away from credit. And don't get me wrong, I totally understand if you're in a position in your life where you don't need credit, you've established everything that you want, you built your castle on the on the hill, you know, you got your goats and your cows and you're living off the land, okay? Now, at that point, which I'm trying to attain to eventually, I'm going to be there soon, like give me about a year or two, but before that, if that's not what you're trying to do, if you're trying to um, secure a place in this world um, financially, right, the only way you can do that is leverage, you can never become uh, super, super duper successful by just working hard. I'm sorry to say, um, I thought that was the remedy. I thought that that was the way in order to achieve a great success, which is outworking everybody. And it is, it is in certain aspects, but you have to be working in the right field, career field for that to be possible. Okay. Physical labor only can get you so far. You understand what I'm saying? You only can work so many hours. You only can make so much money. Now, in the leverage game, the the gains are literally unlimited. There's no ceiling on how much you can make and attain using the leverage strategy. All right. Now, let me get back into the story. Three years ago, I had to get my credit right. Um, I think my credit was like 490 or something like that. And... Yeah, wife was like, man, you know, you need to get your credit right because hers at the time was like 720, 720, something like that. And I was like, okay, what did you do to get your credit right? And she said, you know, I've had a credit card since I was about, you know, 17, 18 years old. And, you know, this is what I do. I buy things on it and I pay it off and I do this and I pay it. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That's easy enough. So I went into my local bank um, where I, I didn't have a bank account yet. Um, I just set one up there that day and I told the teller, I'm looking to build my credit. What can you do to help me out? So she ended up running my credit, 
seen uh, I, I, no, she gave me a credit application, and they ran my credit and seen that you know my credit was trash, <laughs> and they were like, okay, well, we can help you out. We'll give you a a three hundred dollar credit card. Um, do you want to secure or unsecured? And I'm like, um, well, secure seems like the best bet because I'm thinking like cybersecurity. I don't want nobody cracking the code on my credit card. And I had to explain. I had I had her explain to me what the difference between secured and unsecured was. And she and when she told me secured means that you have to put up the amount that you want your credit limit to be in cash, and then they'll hold that cash and give you a credit card with that limit on it. And then unsecured was they'll just give you the max limit on what your credit will allow. And so I went with the unsecured, and they gave me a $300 credit card, y'all. And let me tell you, you can't buy a lot with a $300 credit card, especially if you want to use the utilization play and keep your utilization under 30%, meaning of that $300 that I can max out, I can only spend $90 on that card in order to keep it under 30% utilization. And that's even harder. $90 is like, you know, that's... That's a full gas. That's a full tank of gas in some in some vehicles. So um, what I decided to do was go and take some initiative and look at my credit profile and see any of the ways that I can go through um, my credit profile and fix any of the errors. So I reached out to some credit repair companies and I had them, you know, perform their credit work on my credit profile to try to start bringing it up. Um, they suggested a bunch of different apps to, to download, such as Self App, um, which is another thing where you pay yourself forward and they'll report all the payments that you make to yourself as a payment to a creditor. And, and, and at the end of that 12 months of you paying into this account, you'll get all that money back that you paid into it with interest. And it's a really good way to help you save money. And it's a really good way to help you build on your credit if you don't have a lot of credit history or pro in your profile. Um, and then they started writing letters to the credit bureau trying to get some of the negative remarks uh, taken off. I had two repos on my account. I had, you know, some student loan mispayments. I had some collections from like old AT&T bills, all this crazy stuff. And fast forward that for about a year. Um, and working on that, I was able to jump my credit score about 150 points. Um, I went from a 490 to like around 630, 640. And then that's when it started getting interesting because then they were, I went back to the same bank and they were able to up my limit. And I was able to up my limit by calling them and asking them to do it. And at first they told me, cause it had, it hadn't been quite a year. At first they told me they don't up the limit on credit cards um, unless you've been with the company for at least two years or something, they said. And I was like, let me talk to a branch manager. And I wanted, I wanted a, a supervisor override. Boom, got the supervisor override. They raised my credit. Uh, I think they raised my credit limit to $1,000, if I'm not mistaken. And I was so stoked by that. Um, but then what I did was I went and took my 640 credit score. And I started leveraging it and starting to get... <clears throat> other credit cards at other institutions, opening up bank accounts at other institutions. I suggest people do this all across the board is have multiple bank accounts with multiple institutions so that you can build relationships with these banks. The more relationships you have, the more opportunity for leverage you can you can do. So 
uh, fast forward that now I'm in the uh, mid sixes. Um, <clears throat> the power came from when I started my business, uh, focused energy, and then I used my personal credit as a guarantor to st- to start establishing business credit. Now, leveraging your personal credit is is fine and dandy. You can you know attain a bunch of things. But there's also a limit, right? There's a, there's a limit on how much you can leverage your personal credit based on how much you're making and how much cash flow you got coming in to your person. All right, so there's a cap that they'll let you get. There's a, you know, a certain amount of credit limit you can get, a certain amount of cars you can buy, and a certain amount of houses, sizes you can buy. Now, when you, when you start a business or any type of entity, corporation, you know, anything that you start, sole proprietorship, whatever, LLC, um, you can then start building and establishing your business credit and leveraging your personal credit. And that's how you open the door to get lots of bigger, bigger lines of credit because a business, the banking institutions are more keen to giving a business larger lines of credit and a larger funding than they will a person. Now, um, once you do this, um, you well, I'll tell you what I did. So once I started my business, boom, now let's go get a, uh, a business credit card, let's say at Home Depot. Let's go get a business credit card at Shell, right? Things that you're going to already be using in your daily life, now you're going to incorporate that with your business, and simultaneously you're building your business credit up. And now you can, once your business, you have to, your, your business has to be making money too. You know, you have, you're going to have to be out there promoting your business so that you you are getting sales or you're getting some type of income from your business. If it's a startup business, you can use your personal income to fuel and fund your business. This is not this is not legal advice that I'm telling you, but I'm telling you what I did in order to to attain these levels of uh, leverage, credit leverage using my businesses, okay? I was investing heavily into my business until it was cash flowing on its own. And then once it's cash flowing on its own, you can go and apply for business loans. You can apply for business cars to then, you know, use those business cars to then make more money. Um, and the game just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Once you once your credit score, you know, gets past 700 and then you start duplicating these plays, you go and get, you know, multiple uh, credit cards. Right. You go and get multiple auto loans. You go and get multiple uh business loans so that then you can invest in your business to figure out a way to then make more money and making more money allows you to have access to more money. It's, it seems like a catch 22. Um, it seems like common sense, but yeah, that's it's just really just how it works. You, the more money you make, the more money they'll give you because it takes money to make money. Everybody's always heard that, but it's so true, especially in the financial sector. If you can prove your cash flow, you can show your bank statements for the last three months. Most most businesses or most lending institutions wants to see the numbers from a business for the last three months. All right. Now, if you're a new business, they want to see it for the last two years. Okay, so that's why you want to. Everybody want. That's why I suggest everybody to start their business, and then um, even if you're not making any sales, just start it. And just so you can get the age on it, right? So you can so you can get that year mark or that two year mark on your business, and then go and start, you know, applying for or leveraging your business and getting cash flow, and things of that nature. So um, the next step, like I talked about in the last in the last uh, podcast when I was speaking on trust, is 
Now, when you're leveraging all of these these so these these hard assets, if you were to call it, um, you then establish a trust and let everything go let let everything go through the trust, and then the trust becomes owner of all of your businesses and your business assets, and that's how you fully protect yourself, right, from any type of litigation or scrutiny or any of that nature of being sued or anything, and the trust then operates like uh, a facilitator. So all of those accounts that you've created, all of those assets that you've that you've acquired over the time using the leverage strategy, now there's the 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 trust can then issue and lease those assets to your businesses so that then your business gets to file for depreciation on these assets. Your business gets to, you know, you get to show cash flow from the the trust to the business and then the business to yourself so that then on your personal side, you're showing cash flow from your business because you're paying yourself. On your business side, you're showing cash flow because, you know, the, the trust is paying um, into the the business because it owns the business and it has to pay its trustees or its beneficiaries. I apologize. And then um, when you get to the trust level, now you have you don't have to worry about um, you don't have to worry about where the like, where the money is going, how it's getting spent because you set those instructions previously when you first started the trust. So if anybody was to come and try to take over. Right. Say your business, say, you know, any of your things that are owned by the trust, they have to go through the board of trustees to make any move movements. So you can sell your business and allow the people who own your business to then I mean, the only way they can only way they can get out of it is by selling your business. And then once you sell your business, you can take it out of the trust and then you can move on and you know start it again, start a new business, run more cash flow, get more accounts, get more lines of credit and more access to funding. Now, what you do with the money is the most important part. Everything up until this part, the leveraging of the credit, the opening these bank accounts, the applying for these credit cards, that's all the easy part, right? That's the part that is the everybody knows how to get a bank account. Everybody knows how to apply for a credit card because they just they, they frequently send them to you in the mail. Now, that's the easy part. The hard part is understanding what to do with the capital once you got it started rolling in. One of the things that I suggest is that you yourself either get with a financial literacy coach uh, or or you try to learn financial literacy yourself so that you can understand the importance of once you make that money, moving that money to either an account or somewhere in a brokerage account or anywhere that you can put it that's going to make that money grow. OK, um, one of the ways one of the ways that I do that is I trade option. I trade stock options. OK. So I make a little money on the side. Boom, I got some profit here from one of my A, B, or C companies. Um, I'll pay myself as, uh, you know, an owner fee or something like that. I'll take that that capital. I'll then put it in one of my brokerage accounts, one of my trading accounts, and I'll trade it on the open stock market and buy and sell option contracts. Now, in that option contract, it's not buying and and. and and holding like you would do a normal stock, you know, some some normal stocks like Apple, Tesla, uh, all of that you can buy and you can hold the stock to become an owner of the stock. What I do is I trade options and I watch the market and depending on if the market is going up or if the market is going down, I'll place my bets accordingly 
and I'll ride the wave and try to make at least 10% on that money on the day. So to put that in perspective, if I have um, $1,000, 10% say I bought $1,000 worth of options contract and I'm trying to make 10% of that money, then I made $100 on that day on that money. And if I do that for a week, I've double. I made half. I made fifty percent on that thousand dollars in a week. So I, I essentially just made five hundred dollars off of that one thousand in a week just by practicing the options contracts and the leveraging of that money that I made from my businesses. And then what I can do if I don't want to be charged a short game, short cap. Short-term capital gains tax, which is about 38%, I'll just hold that money and that profit in the brokerage account. Because as long as you hold that money in that account for a year and one day, you will not be taxed for short-term capital gains tax. You'll be taxed long-term capital gains tax. But by then, you have grown that initial money so large that it's almost to a point where now what's the next thing that you want to do with that money? Okay, now we're two years into this play. I've leveraged all of this credit. I've got these cars. i got these cash-flowing businesses. Um, I'm putting money in the stock market. I'm making money back. I'm holding it in the stock market. Now what's the next play to do? Now that you've established yourself, you got some you know, assets. you got bank accounts. you got credit cards. you got lines of credit. you got a stock portfolio. Now what do you do with the money, right? Back to financial literacy. My next step, I would say, would be to... Use some of the, the the cash flow or take some of the gains from the market and then start loading up yourself a, a, an, a, percent, a percentage growing uh, life insurance policy. Okay, Now, I call them bank accounts, these life insurance policies, because the way that I set them up, <clears throat> excuse me, the way that I set them up with my, my insurance agent is so that I'm paying into these life insurance policies, but I have a large death benefit, but I'm able to pull on the cash value whenever I want up to 80%. So whatever the cash value is, I can pull that out and I can use that to then leverage that to then make another play somewhere else. But when you do that, you have to understand that you're literally loaning money from yourself. So when you loan money from yourself, you want to pay it back. With the life insurance policies, you don't have to necessarily pay them back only thing they're going to do is they're going to sub- subtract the amount that you took from yourself and the cash value from your death benefit. So you're you going to be really keen about um, how much you're taking out and making sure that you know you're you're not depleting your your life insurance death benefit so that your beneficiaries get zero whenever you do uh, expire. Now, um, there's a bunch of other different ways that you can leverage your credit and leverage your businesses and leverage your cash flow. The, the ones I just mentioned previously are just some of the ones that I've done in the past and they are showing to be um, it's showing to be lucrative I should say so I'm just giving you get giving you guys the game that I played and you can take it with a grain of salt you can you can twist it and change it up how you want how it fits you and your family but make sure that you make an informed decisions and not just jumping into the fire without understanding. Uh, what you're doing it for. Have a plan, have a plan of action, and have a goal. And when you reach your goal, set another goal. And when you reach that goal, set another goal. Like, this should be a forever thing. It shouldn't be, uh, oh, I, I, I reached this point in my life, and now I'm done. Now, like I said in the beginning, if you're living off the land, you got you own land and 
all of this and you've you've established yourself in the mountains and you're you know you're you got your cows your goats your chickens and stuff like that your plant your plants and your fruit is growing and you've your grass is green, then I come, I, I salute you because that is my end goal. My end goal is to be fully sustainable. And I feel like that's the truth of freedom, right? It's not even about money. Money is just a tool. And learning how to leverage that money is a skill. Having both is how you attain success and how you eventually become free. Um, I'll probably speak on land and allodial titles Come my next podcast, yeah, land and allodial titles is, is how to really own the land that you that you live on or that you have your house on. A lot of people understand how to buy houses, but a lot of people don't understand how to take ownership over the land that the house is built on. So that's all I got for today. I don't want to ramble on. I just wanted to hit y'all with a little bit of the leverage plays that I've made over the last couple of years, and um, it's how I went from literally driving a 2002 Honda Accord that was, you know, had a bunch of broken parts to having multiple, multiple cars, multiple bank accounts, multiple businesses. Um, Also having, I I don't even know how many assets, you know, so it's not to do, it's not, I'm not saying all this to brag. I'm just saying that it's, it's literally only took, let's say three, three years to acquire all of this. And that is a really short time. And if I can do it, you can do it. Always remember that. But one thing I'm going to leave you with is make today the day. All right. And remember that it's progression over perfection. Nobody's perfect. You're going to you're going to make mistakes. You're going to trip up. But just get up. Keep going. Like dot like 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 DJ Khaled said, you know, if if nobody else believed in you, God did. And I'll leave you with that falsely over now.